one of the topics that comes up quite often in coaching conversations with clients is how to manage an underperformer. Now, this is sort of the, the tactical question, right? What do I do if I have an underperformer? But there is a question we have to answer before we answer that question. And the question before this question is, what are the reasons for the underperformance? And that's what we're gonna talk about in this week's episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to this episode of the Manager Track Podcast. We're going to talk about reasons for underperforming. This is episode 150, which I'm excited. We started this podcast in April of 2020. Seems like a COVID project. It wasn't. A lot of work and preparation was happening earlier in the year, and it just so happened that our first episode got published a few weeks after the shutdowns were initiated. But here we are, almost three years later, at episode 150. And I'm grateful to be doing this. Every Tuesday, a new episode comes out. We have some cool episodes in the can, ready to be released over the next few weeks. So I hope you're subscribed, you're tuning in on whatever podcast platform floats your boat. Let's talk about performance though. This is one of those topics that comes up in most of my coaching client conversations that we have one-on-one and for sure is a topic in all of my leadership programs, specifically the Leadership Accelerator for new managers and the Leadership Advisory Program for mid-level managers. Now, if you are in the fortunate situation that most or all of your team members are high performers or good, what we call like good soldiers, they're really doing their work, Uh, they're not going above and beyond, they're not overperforming, but they're meeting expectations, they're solid, they're consistent, they're reliable, then you're in a really good position. If you answer the question for each of your team members, knowing what I know today, would I hire them again? And the end, your answer would be a yes for all of them, then good for you. And remember, that this is temporary and remember that most people, most leaders are not in your position. So having someone on the team that you're unsure about their performance, or you would even say, no, I would absolutely not hire them again, knowing what I know today. Or if you have someone on the team that you, they're doing kind of a good job, but you just don't trust them the way that you wish you would trust every single person on your team or the way that you trust everyone else on the team, but it's a little bit in the gray zone. There isn't enough evidence or, and there aren't enough reasons to really move them into a performance improvement plan or take some escalated actions. But you notice there's something underlying that just doesn't sit well, that's not working, or they're not going to scale and grow with you and your team, or they're not able to keep up with where the company is going. That is the case for most leaders. And the problem is not that 
something went wrong or, or you're not doing a good job, there isn't a problem with your performance. The fact that you're in this situation, if you are, that you have someone on the team who's underperforming or you're not sure about, then that is common, that is normal, it's in fact inevitable. But the question that will speak to your leadership competence is, what do you do with this situation? How will you approach that person? What kind of conversations are you initiating? What kind of actions are you taking? And this is me saying this on the outside as a sort of a coach, but most people on your team are likely asking themselves that question too. Your boss may even be looking at you and wondering how you're going to handle that situation. Your other direct reports notice the underperformance and are looking to you to see how much you tolerate and how decisive you are or how clear you are and assertive you are with taking actions here. But as I said in the introduction, we don't want to jump the gun here and start talking about how to resolve the performance issue without really understanding the reasons for the underperformance. Generally speaking, when you take a step back, you want to ask yourself, is this a systematic issue? Is this person maybe just in the wrong position or is there something about the process and the system of our team or the organization that's not working? For example, I have a client who sits in the middle of two different teams and is supposed to work in this matrix situation and they have two different bosses in a way and the tension between the two teams that they're working on is making their job and their performance really difficult. So that would be a systematic issue to someone's performance. It could also be you as the leader not being able to get the best out of them. Uh, you as the leader actually demotivating them. We see this with micromanagers a lot, right? Or we see this with sort of toxic relationships, microaggressions. We see this when someone just simply doesn't care enough or there's a lack of trust in place between manager, i.e. you, and your direct report. Or it could be them, it could actually be that there's something not working for them. So is it the system? Is it me? Or is it you? That's the question you have to ask yourself first. If you wonder and you're not sure if it might be you, there are two things to do right away. One is solicit feedback. Talk to the person and ask them, hey, I want to be the best manager I can be for you. What is one specific thing that I could start doing or stop doing that will make your job easier? That would help you or remove some barriers that you're currently facing. Ask that question to the person directly, but also solicit feedback from other people on your team. If you have the ability to work with a coach, hire a coach to make sure you don't have blind spots in place and to elevate your leadership overall, right? So that's always a good thing to keep in mind. But so listening feedback would be the first place to start. And then there are two specific ways that you can influence someone's performance. One is through training and the other one is through motivation. So training or motivation. As we're going to talk about the you part here, I'm going to talk about this again as I address what to do if the other person is the problem, Okay. But bear this in mind, solicit feedback, reflect on how you're showing up and then consider the fact that you have heavy influence on the training aspect, the skill aspect, as well as the motivation part. As a caring and driven manager, I know you want to strengthen your leadership skills, advance your career and lead a high-performing, engaged team. 
And in order to do that, as a leader, you need to lead with a system, not by shooting from your hips or reacting to everyone else around you. To do so, you need to first learn what should go into a leadership system and second, develop your own. Now, the good news is that I teach you one must-have part in your leadership system in a concise, actionable, and yet comprehensive course focused on running successful one-on-one meetings with your direct reports. It includes over 67 minutes of tactical leadership training, plus a set of resources to make this as easy and immediately applicable for you as possible. You can either watch the video lessons or listen to it through a private podcast feed on your phone. You can get your hands on this course, which I want every single manager to have, for a nominal $19 at ramonashaw.com slash one one. That's two times the number one. You can check the show notes for the details or head on over to ramonashaw.com slash one one to get started right now. Okay, now over to that third part here. So if it's not the system, it's not me, then it might be the underperformer. If you think the employee is fully or predominantly responsible for their own underperformance, then take a moment here to reflect. Is this possibly due to some workplace tension? This may be interpersonal dynamics, including stress or toxic environments. Is there something in the workplace? It may be interpersonal conflict, uh, toxic relationships, maybe not with you, but maybe with someone else or among team members. Could it be that they lost complete faith or trust in the senior leadership team? What could be influencing them negatively that would lead to their lower quality of work? Could it be that there's some personal challenges that they're dealing with at home, unrelated to work, mental health challenges, divorces, parents having a challenging time with a child, family issues and tensions, you know, families going through health scares and so forth. Is there something happening at home that might be influencing their performance at work? And you have to be mindful here. You can't bluntly ask them and expect a response, but you can ask them an open question. We say, hey, is there something else going on that is impacting you at work? I notice some change in your behaviors or I notice a change in your work product. And I'm curious what might be influencing you that I'm not aware of. Right. So you can ask an open question like that where they can choose to which degree or what extent they want to answer the question. The third reason for underperformance could simply be work overload. So if someone is too stressed and carrying too many responsibilities, stuff may start to fall through the cracks or they simply don't have enough mental capacity to really think through problems in a way that they could otherwise. We also know that sleep deprivation significantly reduces our ability for focus and mental capacity. So if someone is overworked and sleep deprived, that may lead to underperformance. And then the last reason out of the four for underperformance could actually be a skill deficiency. Now, when we have a skill deficiency, sometimes that can be trained, right? If someone isn't proficient with Excel, we can send them or give them access to an Excel training, or we can have them buddy up with someone else who's really strong in Excel and they sit together and and learn the skill. But sometimes it isn't a skill that can be learned easily or you just simply don't have the time. If someone isn't good with sales, but they need to bring in better numbers next month or they'll be cut, 
that is a pretty ambitious task. So they may not be able to sufficiently increase their sales skills to meet expectations within the expected timeframe. But you won't know that until you identify what the skill deficiency might be. It could be knowledge. It could also be the interpersonal skills or behavioral skills. But get to the root cause of it. What is actually the gap of it? And then can I coach them? Can I train them? Do we have the time and the capacity to do so? Do we need to outsource that, hire a coach or hire someone else to work on this specific thing to give it a shot and see if we can improve their performance? So the four reasons for underperformance that you want to question or investigate here a little bit is workplace tension, including conflict or interpersonal relationships, personal challenges that they have outside of work, work overload or maybe being sleep deprived and skill deficiency. So those are the four aspects to consider. Now, investigate it, talk about it with the person and define an action plan. This is somewhat obvious and common sense, but not common practice because it takes courage. It means that you have to have a tough conversation. It means that you might sit in a meeting with them and you see them either get defensive and frustrated and you sense that they don't like you and that's uncomfortable, or they may become really self-critical and they withdraw from the conversation and feel even less motivated. And those are natural responses. It's okay. What's not okay is for you to recognize something and not address it but hoping for it to change, that will never work. That is not effective leadership. Now, the last thing I want to share when it comes to the reasons for underperformance is this question, is this new? Is this temporary potentially? Or has this been an issue from the beginning? And if it has been an issue from the beginning and you were part of the interview process, then consider this a great learning opportunity. Don't just move on and deal with the underperformance without looking back at what happened in the interview process? Why did we not detect that there may be a skill deficiency or that there are some behaviors that are not going to work here? And how can you improve your interview process going forward to increase the likelihood that you'll detect similar issues going forward? This is really important. Every single leader will make wrong, so to speak, hires and an interview process by nature is based on limited information and hence has inherent risks involved. But what's 100% within your control and how you can get better in the interview process is to learn from your past mistakes. So in addition to you addressing the performance issues now, and that's part of your responsibility as a leader, the second part of your responsibility as a leader is to go back and look at what can I do about the interview process going forward based on what I know now and what I might have overlooked or underestimated in the interview process? Maybe I didn't do a sufficient skill matrix and a skill analysis to begin with. Maybe the interview process wasn't comprehensive enough. Maybe the questions I asked weren't targeted enough. Maybe the expectations for the job weren't laid out clearly and explicitly enough. Maybe they didn't meet the team and understand the culture of the organization and the behavioral norms sufficiently. Look for any way that you could learn from the situation. And it may feel like, wait, but that's not my problem. They're the underperformer. They pretended to know something or to do something differently than what I now see in their day-to-day -day actions. 
But that belief, even if it's true, is not helping you learn. So really challenge yourself there and try to figure out what could have gone wrong and how can I prevent this going forward? Or at least decrease the likelihood from the same situation occurring again in the future. As I said, interviews are always based on limited information and limited experiences. To be a leader who only makes great hires is impossible. So don't be too hard on yourself, but use this as a learning opportunity. Okay, let me quickly recap what we've talked about. The first point I made was, if you have an underperformer, instead of just asking yourself, what do I do with this underperformer? Ask yourself, what's the reason for the underperformance? Is it the system? Is it me? Or is it you? Right? If it's the system, address the systematic issues. If it's potentially you, solicit feedback and get in the practice of self-reflection or hire a coach, even better. If it's you, i.e. the other person, take a step back and investigate a little bit further on whether it could be workplace tension, personal challenges, work overload, or skill deficiency. Your main levers here in what you can do is obviously address the underlying issue to the extent that you can, and then work on either a training component or motivation, motivation for behavioral change, motivation for fuller engagement, motivation to resolve a conflict or some other issue that may be going on and holding them back. That is where you step into the role of the coach to that direct report to help them improve their performance. And if this is not a temporary situation, but this person has been underperforming from the start, then go back and reflect on the interview process to see what you can learn so that you can decrease the chances from this happening again in the future. This is all about building your leadership skills and learning from these challenging moments, like navigating an underperformer on your team. I hope you found this helpful and if you have a great team full of performers but you have a friend or a colleague who is in a leadership role and is dealing with someone or frustrated with someone who's not performing well on their team, please pass this episode along, share it with them so that they have this information and maybe get prompted or inspired to do some deeper thinking or to go out and have some conversations that would be insightful and will help them address the challenge. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week with another episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Bye for now. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident and Competent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com book and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.